Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows everything, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How does it feel to know everything? Just like normal. Like, I already knew Just, that you were going to say that. I appreciate it. You Did you wake up today and put your pants on one leg at a time like the rest of us did? I did, except once my pants were on... I knew everything. Yeah, that's you know, the difference that, between you and everyone else. That's the big difference. Yeah. Hey, what's up? This is Good Morning Liberty with Nate and Chuck. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning <laughs> every single day of the week when we want to. So smash follow, subscribe. Go smash to God. follow. Smash follow. Mm-hmm. It's different from normal following. We all know that. Okay, go to GodHatesFeds.com. Get yourself a nice t-shirt that says God Hates Feds on it. Okay, do that. Go to join GML and join the Fed Haters Club. All of those things. We got some news in today. It's a it's it's been a nice change of pace because I've been struggling to figure out what we were going to talk about this week. Um, but luckily, we got a few things to talk about. First off, not big political news or anything, but just the day in the life of Nate and Chuck. We watched the Starship launch this morning. Charlie got here. We watched it live, and um, you know. I don't think it went exactly how they wanted it to go, Mm-mm. but it it lifted off the pad, which I thought was an amazing feat to I, begin with. And we didn't think it was going to at first. No, I really didn't. I S- sat there for a little bit. It was scary. Yeah, there for a minute, but luckily it just it just blew up later. That was a big. You imagine how big that thing was tumbling around like this. That's a big object. It's pretty insane tumbling around. Well, if you uh, if you didn't watch that, I mean, here's a a nice little video clip of this whole thing happening. I get so excited about this stuff. I love it. I think Chuck does yeah, too. I think it's cool. At that moment, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> it's not going to go. It's like nine to ten seconds Yeah, sitting there. And then it goes for a while. And then it's supposed to do this little... And you can see not all the engines are lit up there. It's probably one of the problems. It did make it through Max-Q, which is good. They got some chemtrail spreaders attached to the bottom of it. That's nice. Houston tracking station now. Starship and Super Heavy. Starship separates. We light up six engines in a staggered sequence. And if all goes well, those six engines will burn for almost six and a half minutes. Onboard view from Starship. All right, we don't actually have the thing blowing up. I assumed it was a clip from CNN, so I was like, this is only going to be the thing blowing up. Um, but actually, they didn't even they didn't even show it blowing up. That was yeah. disappointing, you know? Breaking news. Breaking Starship. <laughs> Space so th- it didn't separate. That was the problem. That was the issue, and it's got to... It's got to separate. The mm-hmm. booster's got to come back down, and then Starship was supposed to go up and, and do an orbit and then come back down. It didn't separate. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you look on you look on Twitter. This is kind of the annoying part about it. There's so much hatred for Elon Musk out there. Um, you read, like, the comments on this New York Times post right here uh, where they say that it fell short of its most ambitious goals when it exploded minutes into flight. And the comments, of course, are all 
talking about how terrible Elon Musk is at everything. And this is just like Twitter, things like that. Uh, the, the point is the thing was always going to crash back into the ocean. They, okay. That, that was a point. They, they get the data, they figure out what went wrong and then they launch another one. They've, they've got more of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so it was really cool to watch. It happens. NAS has done this. It happened. It has, they have done that. And, uh, there's a few other comments on this thing. The New York times article was actually pretty generous. They talked about how this was not a total failure. Uh, they got this data, just like they have with the other things when they first send them up, they figure out what went wrong and then they'll they'll fix it afterwards. You do get a few, uh, well, another good one, Bill Nelson. Uh, that's the dude running NASA, as uh, as Charlie said. Congrats to SpaceX on Starship's first integrated flight test. Uh, so he says, every great achievement throughout history has demanded some level of calculated risk, but with great risk comes great reward. Looking forward to all that SpaceX learns to the next flight test and beyond and beyond nina turner says reminder spacex spacex received three billion dollars in tax three billion dollars in taxpayer dollars i feel like that's super important right now yeah because if they would have just let nasa do this they they would have been way cheaper i'm sure that was that government taxpayer that they just gave them three billion dollars or did SpaceX put a couple satellites up for them and they were like, hey, we'll pay you for that. Well, for this, I think specifically she's talking about is because they're going to be using Starship to go to the moon and NASA gave them the contract. Oh, they're not going to use Artemis anymore? Well, maybe they are using Artemis. Maybe I got that wrong. I know it's, yes, this is money from contracts that NASA is paying SpaceX to do things. I mean, it could be a grant, but it's also they're going to use it in the future. Yeah, yeah. So... Anyhow, um, listen, I don't know what Nina's getting at right here, and this is the annoying part of it because basically she just wants to say something negative about Musk and about SpaceX. If the government, if NASA would have been doing this, they would have spent like $100 billion and blown this thing up 10 years from now. So it's not immediately better. And look, that doesn't mean we're not against government spending money. Yeah. Because we are, okay? But I think it's a different... Like if I, like if our company got a government contract to perform a service or give products to the government, mm-hmm. then my company would expect to be compensated for that. You would think, yeah. That doesn't mean I agree with uh, the government just shelling out billions of dollars that they stole from us. Yeah, but if they're gonna steal it, I might as well make something that they have to return some of it to me. If the government's going to be involved in space travel and space exploration, I would rather them contract that out to a company like SpaceX than just use that NASA to do it. one-tenth of the yeah. price, literally. Uh, Brian Krasenstein, who we're normally making fun of, and in fact, we will make fun of later, uh, he said after this, amazing SpaceX Starship flight test has launched. What an accomplishment. This is the largest thing that has ever been launched in the history of the planet. That we know of. I've been a space fanatic since I was five. Say what you want about Musk, but this is history in the making and will one day be a starting point for our interplanetary travel. Congrats to the entire SpaceX team. You know, he took a lot of heat for that on this post because clearly he's been curating and cultivating a group I mean, of people. There's a lot of heat in that there's, post. It's real picture, hot right there. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. Look at it. So uh, I just wanted to point out a seemingly unbiased and positive post 
and we'll we'll talk about the stuff he normally posts later on <laughs> in in this show. So there's that little bit of news. The other little bit of news that came out last night was from the Washington Post, from where I saw it. Charlie, what's this say here? An IRS agent who has been overseeing the ongoing case involving Hunter Biden's tax returns is seeking whistleblower protection to testify to Congress about what he asserts is political interference and improper handling of the case by the executive branch. Uh-oh. That's scary, right? Yeah. So, so an IRS agent who has been overseeing a lengthy ongoing case involving Hunter Biden's tax returns is seeking whistleblower protection so he can testify to Congress. A lawyer for the unnamed IRS criminal supervisor. Did he give his first name? I'm not sure. Yeah. Unanimous. <laughs> Just the last initial. Yeah. Um, or sorry. Anonymous. Anonymous, not unanimous. <laughs> anonymous. Uh, this special agent sent a letter, the lawyer for the special agent sent a letter to Congress this week saying the agent would like to give information to lawmakers that substantiates his allegations of undue influence. Quote, despite serious risks of retaliation, my client is offering to provide you with information necessary to exercise your constitutional oversight function and wishes to make the disclosures in a nonpartisan manner to the leadership of the relevant committees on both sides of the political aisle. This attorney, Mark Little, wrote to top lawmakers. The letter stated that the agent had already reported information to officials within the IRS that contradicts the sworn testimony of a, quote, senior political appointee, and also has internally reported lapses that, quote, involve failure to mitigate clear conflicts of interest in the ultimate dis uh, disposition of the case. These disclosures, quote, detail examples of preferential treatment and policies and politics improperly infecting decisions and protocols that would normally be followed by career law enforcement professionals in similar circumstances if the subject were not politically connected. Imagine that. I mean, that just sounds... This is a hoax. This is the first I've ever heard of something like this happening. Mm -hmm. That's really weird. The federal investigation in Hunter Biden began in 2018, initially centering on his finances related to overseas business ties and consulting work. Over time, investigators focused more closely on whether he had reported all of his income and whether he had lied on gun purchase paperwork in 2018, the Post previously reported. Hunter Biden and his legal team, poor Joe, man. I know. Kids died. This one's all screwed up. Wrong kid know? died. Mm -hmm. He has paid the IRS more than a million dollars in back taxes using a loan that came from an attorney and close friend. <laughs> the Post reported in October that federal agents... Now, why would you loan someone like that a million dollars if you weren't expecting to get that money back somehow? No reason at all. <laughs> There's no reason you would do that ever. Like, this is going to be interesting what comes from this. I mean, it could be nothing, but... Uh, I'm wondering what the whistleblower has to say, and I'm wondering if it's actually going to be anything illegal or just unethical. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. The Post reported in October that federal agents had gathered what they believe is sufficient evidence to charge him with tax offenses and false statement related to a gun purchase, according to people familiar with the case. Now, I don't want him to be charged for either one of those things. Mm -hmm. This annoys me. How about for actual fraud? I think, yeah. How about some actual crime? I, I get the actual crimes, but I don't like, you know, even if you get them, if it's a get Hunter, we're going to get Hunter by doing this or get the Bidens by doing this. I hate using laws that I don't think should exist. And when it comes to a something on the paperwork for a gun purchase or some type of a tax offense where he probably tried to 
hide some money and not pay taxes on it. That kind of makes me like him more. I want to see what he did wrong. Right. The case has remained unresolved. However, the next step is for David Weiss, the U.S. attorney in Delaware, and a Trump administration holdover. They had to throw that in there. It's very important. To decide whether to file the charges. I highlighted that in the article because they just had to point out that this U.S. attorney in Delaware is a Trump administration holdover. They're not saying that there's anything politically motivated going on right now. And they don't have to. They're just going to tell their readers that this person was appointed by Trump. Yeah. Now, Little told the network that his clients believes that the investigation into Hunter Biden has been handled differently from any other uh, any other in his career at the IRS. Quote, political considerations were having an impact on the decision for in- agents to make investigative steps in the case. And those political considerations are not normally a part of a career investigator's toolkit. Little said. Now, Little is the potential whistleblower's lawyer. Mm-hmm. The Post reported last year that a conglomerate, CEFC China Energy, um, and its executives paid $4.8 million over 14 months to entities controlled by Hunter and his uncle, James Biden. The Post did not find evidence that Joe Biden personally benefited, benefited from or knew details of the transactions. The the Washington Post did not find evidence that Joe Biden yeah. personally benefited of course from not. or knew any details. Yeah. So they I have, have no to idea add that what's going too. on. Do you think anything's going to come from this? Potentially. I mean, I, I don't know. It depends on how much they can they can cover up. But if somebody's willing to tell the truth, then potentially there <clears> are others that may back him up on that. But you have to have the first one. The first mm-hmm. one has to be able to, to be brave enough to tell the truth and go against the establishment. Now, this actually, uh, I'm assuming, is going to be about the investigation itself. And so what's weird here is you can say, well, the investigation didn't find any wrongdoing by this person, just say Joe Biden. But then this whistleblower is saying, well, we didn't go through the proper steps of this investigation because of the person that we were investigating. We skipped steps and we didn't investigate certain things that we would normally investigate because of the political collectedness of the connectedness of the of the person we were investigating. So then you need to redo the investigation all over again, in my opinion. And Charlie, none of this, you know, I know they're going through the lawyer and they're going to go through Congress. I would recommend that this whistleblower just reach out to people using his Converso app. You know? So should the people on the subcommittees. Yeah, so they Congress. can stay anonymous. You don't have to worry about that. The IRS whistleblower definitely needs to use that app. It's completely private, end-to-end encrypted, block screenshots, unsent messages, all those things. And ironically, Hunter Biden... None should've... of your data stored? No, no data stored. Yeah. Ironically, Hunter Biden should have been using the Converso app, too. Mm. It seems. That's what I'm yeah. guessing. You the know? only thing you need is your phone number. There's no other identi- no other identifying information whatsoever, and uh, none of that is stored on any server anywhere. It's the only true privacy app with end-to-end encryption. Go download Converso and start using it today. Text text us, 555-184-3042, to tell us how great the sneaky promotion was. For Converso. Okay. Also, it's in the it's in the show notes. It is, it's yeah. The, yeah, the link is, is in the show notes. It is in the show notes. So, uh, okay, well, Brian Krasenstein, he posts out, <laughs> I saw this. This guy again. What a weird photo, too. Isn't that just, I don't know. Different people are different. That's fine. Um, this is today, and Krasenstein says, breaking. He always says breaking. Everything's always breaking. 
The GOP-led House Oversight and Accountability Committee Chairman James Comer, who has been investigating Joe Biden and family, has basically told CNN that they haven't found anything illegal. Is that a real picture of Hunter and Joe? I guess so. That's what I was saying. That's kind of a weird picture, isn't it? That's creepy. Or maybe, you know, maybe we just don't have the relationships that some people do, you know? Quote from Comer, Well, we found a lot that's certainly unethical. We found a lot that should be illegal. Though the line is blurry as to what is illegal with respect to family influence peddling. (laughs) Now, this whistleblower, this he's posting this right after this whistleblower thing comes out. The whistleblower is saying that the investigation was intentionally botched because of the person they were investigating. The line is blurry because of the political connections. That's why the (laughs) line's blurry. And the line's blurry because I'm afraid to lose my job. (laughs) and unalive myself. Okay, Tennessee. Gosh, there's still protests and stuff going on in Tennessee. I don't even want to talk about those yet. We'll maybe use them for dumb bleep, but there's still thousands of protesters out here. Why haven't we gone downtown yet? Because we're we're lazy, you know? We should go this weekend. I don't like confrontation, and plus that would involve talking to people. We should go this weekend. We should. We should. I'm sure there'll still be thousands of people down there. Uh, Tennessee is moving to protect... Gun makers from mass shootings is essentially the way that this is worded. Everyone's mad about that. They're moving to protect gun makers from mass shooting lawsuits. Following a deadly shooting last month, Republican lawmakers in Tennessee have passed a proposal that would protect gun and ammunition dealers, manufacturers, and sellers against lawsuits. The measure now heads to Bill Lee's desk. Despite pushback from the Democrats saying their GOP counterparts are trying to shield gun companies just weeks after a Nashville shooting that killed six people, including three nine-year-old children. By the way, this has been a bill in Tennessee for a while, I'm mm. pretty sure. I don't think it was introduced in the last couple of weeks. And um, Tennessee is about to end their session for the year, by yeah. the way. So it goes from January to April. That's Tennessee's session. And they talk about these bills. And it's probably one that um, just came up. Yeah. You could say bad timing, but I'm pretty sure if we look up this bill and you look at when it's introduced, I don't think it was introduced recently. I, I know I they've think been working on this for a while. You could say it's bad timing. I would say that it's good timing. Uh, London Lamar, a Memphis lawmaker, said it's disrespectful timing to push through protections for gun companies while people continue to march at the Capitol for gun control changes. I feel like it's disrespectful for people to be making this this shooting and these kids getting killed about themselves. In my opinion, quote, I am challenging you not to pass this bill because we need to do more to protect citizens from gun violence than the people making the guns that people can use to kill more people, Lamar said. Audrey Hale 28, opened fire on students and staff last month at the Covenant School, a private Christian school in Nashville. Nashville Police Chief John Drake told CBS Mornings, you all know this, they found a notebook, a booklet, a manifesto, all those things. We still haven't seen the manifesto. We're not going to. Drake said the shooter may have had other targets. I included this because of what they omitted from when they talk about what they found uh, from Audrey Hale. Yeah, and just so you know, the House had already passed the bill weeks ago before the Covenant shooting. Mm. So the Senate just passed it on Tuesday, but the House had already passed it before the shooting even took place. Good to know. So, yeah. of course, they're not going to tell you that, but I knew that this had been a bill for a while. So uh, The other thing that 
CBS doesn't want to tell you is that the police chief said the shooter may have had other targets, including the local mall. Maps found that the shooter's home turned up more maps pertaining to maybe some thinking about some other incidents. What else did he say in that statement, Charlie? That the shooter did a threat assessment and decided not to go to those other places because it would be too dangerous because they had too much security. Mm -hmm. But they did not include that in that paragraph. So I wanted to, uh, to include that. Now, this idea of liability for gun manufacturers to me is completely ridiculous. I don't know of another company, another business where the manufacturer is held liable for what a criminal decides to do with their product. Unless it's actually something faulty with the manufacturer. Like a defect. But a gun firing a bullet is not a defect in the product. A knife cutting something is not a defect in the product. That's what it's supposed to do. (laughs) A car driving down the road, whether or not there is a person in the road, is not a defect in the product. Unless you're using full self-driving and they've got some kind of liability on that, you know. Uh, So I I don't know of any other products where the actual manufacturer would be held liable for what a bad person breaking the law decides to do with whatever that product is. It's a completely ridiculous idea. Amen. And? A woman. All right, then. I want to talk about the oils. We're just moving right on through. What we do, we talked about Starship. We talked about some guns. We talked about this whistleblower thing uh, so far. Now uh, we're going to talk about the SP. The SPR, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Hey, thanks, T-Dub, for saying that we should talk about this. And we're going to roll this in to what's going on in Florida right now. Have you heard about the big floods, the, the massive floods they had in Florida? Mm-mm. There's a lot of stuff going on down there God, right now. God hates Florida? Well, it's actually just DeSantis isn't doing enough to protect people in Florida for water. Oh, okay. You know, uh, well, that's the actual Ron thing. The sanctimonious. Mm-hmm. Uh, go on with this uh, oil CEO calls right. out Biden. Uh, this is from uh, MSN, which is just, you know, regular news, basically. They're reposting Fox News here. So oil CEO calls Biden out for missing golden window to replenish the U.S. Uh, petroleum reserve. We've got a good economy. We've got a high oil price, and yet we're seeing production lower than it was during the Trump administration, lower than it was pre-COVID. That's Canary CEO Dan Eberhardt, the train has left the station with the Saudis and OPEC cutting production, and the Biden administration missed the golden window when oil was in the 60s and 70s, too, to replenish the SPR. So just the backstory on here, we started we started releasing all of these reserves to try and flood the market with supply to try and help the prices go down. And while they were doing that, because they were releasing a dangerous amount of our reserve oil, uh, in fact, did I bring a chart? I brought a chart because they were releasing a dangerous amount of our reserve oil. We're back down to 1983 levels right now. You see that massive fall off of the amount we have in reserves, uh, less than half. I mean, it was time to short it anyway. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, Less than it did. I mean, it made a clear reversal here. Once we got down below 550, it'll probably come back up and retest that a couple few years into the future. (laughs) But uh, anyway, um, we were supposed to, once oil got down to 70, the Biden administration said they were going to start buying oil when it got down to 70. And instead, what we found was during this time when oil got really cheap, they just kept releasing more from the reserves. They kept selling it, They actually. kept selling. Yeah. And now it's turned back up. Now it's going in the other direction. 
In February, after selling another 26 million barrels, Biden brought the reserve to its lowest level since 1983. Oil analysts and economists have signaled for weeks that gas prices are also feeling the pressure after OPEC announced surprise production cuts beginning in May. As of Tuesday, the national uh, gas price was 360, up 20 cents from the previous month and five cents from the week ending on April 6th. Yeah, but it's still down from the very highest peak, mm-hmm. you know, from the Putin price hike, you yeah. know. Quote, I can't stress enough how missing the window to replace the SPR is really is just really bad for our national security and really bad for consumers. The administration has left us completely unprepared. If you go back and look and Google what they said a year ago, the CEO added, the Biden administration said, look, when oil goes below $80, look, Look. it's no joke. When oil goes below $80, when oil's in the 70s, we're going to replenish in 2023. Ice cream. Oil, when when it's low, is in the 60s. The administration did nothing. Yeah, it went down to 66. They said when it got Look, down in the 70s. Let me be clear. <laughs> We're not going to run out of oil. So why would they not be buying up oil to try and replenish our reserves, Charlie? Mm. My conspiracy theory here is that they want to drain this Galdern thing dry because when that does happen, we're going to have no tools to try and lower the price of, of gas or we'll try to lower to the to price electric. of oil. By flooding the market with supply, well, we will not be ready for another oil shock, another supply shock, and it will, by that time, enough time is going to be passed that either people won't remember to blame it on Biden or, they'll, or they won't do it because he's dead and that's mean to blame it on him. But either way, it's just going to end up with uh, higher prices in the future. By not doing this, the oil prices bounced off of those levels anyway. They went back up into the 80s, I think, and pretty clearly going to get back up to 100. But let's talk about what's going on in Florida right now. Annoyingly, I've seen a few posts. So there's bad floods. I'll show you a video here in a sec. Couple, couple posts of the same video. Aaron Parnas said Fort Lauderdale, Florida had record-breaking floods flooding overnight. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis is campaigning in Ohio because he's supposed to be out there with some freaking buckets or something carrying water. He needs to be in a boat. Water. <laughs> I never understand what people expect politicians to do in these scenarios. Like they gave Ted Cruz a hard time for, for going on vacation when Texas was going through their thing. And then people give... I mean, they do this to every politician. They'll do it to Biden if he leaves well, when something bad's going on. The right kind of started mm-hmm. it, I think, at least in my lifetime with Obama playing golf. And no, they, before that, you had Bush not deciding to go when Katrina was uh, was going on. Mm-hmm. Before that, he flew by with the plane, and if he would have landed, magically everyone would have been fine. <laughs> I don't understand what people, these guys are not gods. What are they supposed yeah. to do? You know, Biden, He's not even Moses. He can't part this bitch. Biden... Didn't show up at the train derailment. I know. But Trump did. So. I it's just all, I know, you're right. It's, it's uh, all so, and it's, we know it's fake. Uh, they know it's fake. We know it's fake. This guy knows it's fake. Well, people, and the people on the ground, they don't care if Ron DeSantis is walking around and his, and his crystal clear high, high water is out there. That ain't going to happen. They don't care if that's happening. They care about their businesses and their homes and their cars and all that. Well, they want to see a leader lead by example. John Cooper 
says, welcome to Ron DeSantis's Florida. And the worst part is that he can't blame this on Disney or drag queens. <laughs> it's a flood. Florida's never had one before until Ron DeSantis became governor. God. Is he supposed to build a freaking ark for the people? What are we expecting? Well, definitely <sighs> don't call it an ark. No. Yeah. Not that. Okay. Let's get on to what's actually going on. Now, the reason this my attention was drawn to this was because of this video from Marco Rubio that I saw going around uh, last night, actually. And he is calling out Ron DeSantis, because here's what's going on in Florida right now. They got a gas shortage. Like half of the gas stations or more don't have any gas. Gas lines, all this stuff. So now they have a price gouging problem. No, because they got laws against price gouging. (laughs) So they don't have a price gouging problem. And Marco Rubio is wondering where DeSantis is, where DeSantis is on this whole gas problem they got. What's happening right now in Miami and in Fort Lauderdale with gasoline is crazy. You can't find gasoline anywhere. Uh, This has been going on since Sunday, and they're blaming it on the floods that impacted the port. And I know that was a factor, but it's been four days. This should have been figured out by now. And they're blaming it on consumer panic. Yeah, people are panicked because they got to get to work. They got places to go. And you either can't find gas or you have to wait in line for like two hours down the street where you're probably going to run out of gas while you're waiting. So, yeah, people are panicked. And, of course, they're filling up saying don't fill up. Of course you're going to fill up because you don't want to make, you don't know, the next time you're going to have to make a two-hour line. And they keep saying it's going to get better, but it's not. They got to get this thing fixed. This is crazy. We got to do something. You know what? I think DeSantis does need to do something. He needs to rescind all of the price gouging laws that they have in Florida. Mm-hmm. That way they don't have these shortages that way anymore. they don't run out of gas. All right, so let's get to panic buying causes widespread gas station closures, close, closures in South Florida from CNN. More than half of gas stations in the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area were, we're with... We were just there about a year ago. Not too... <laughs> it was fine when we were there. Yeah. Actually, no, it was... It wasn't that long ago. It was, it was in October. September, October? Yeah. Uh, let's see. More than half the gas stations are without gasoline Wednesday after flooding from last week's massive storm caused a wave of panic buying by drivers topping off their gas tanks. Quote, I would estimate that 80% of the station closings are due to panic buying, said Patrick DeHaan, or DeHaan, I don't know, head of petroleum analysis for Gas Buddy. A storm dumped 20 inches of rain, so we know there's flooding going on, making it tough. Okay, data from Gas Buddy showed 59% of stations in the Miami-Fort Lauderdale market were closed on Wednesday, up from 20% on Sunday. But much of the shortages and closures that followed came because of a surge in demand caused by drivers rushing to stations that were still open rather than the lack of supply. There is not a lack of supply, They have, and there's other articles talking about this too. There's not a lack of supply. There's the same amount of supply that they would normally have during this period of a few days between times when when gas tankers get there to get them more gas. The difference is that people went there and got way more gas than they would normally get. This phenomenon of people rushing to buy gas and causing shortages is common after other supply disruptions, including following the ransomware attack that temporarily shut the Colonial Pipeline back in 2021. Stations have very shallow inventories of gasoline. Most need a delivery every two or three days, he said. But just as those shallow inventories can run out very quickly, they can be refilled very quickly. This too shall pass. This is from Islander News, saying that there is fuel, and this being a result of panic buying. 
A quote from Daniela Levine Cava, who is the Miami-Dade County mayor, said, we ask that you think twice before heading to the pump, asking Miami residents to only purchase gas when needed. Quote, by, by purchasing gas only when you need it, you can help local pumps stabilize operations and return to regular service to our residents more efficiently. Do you know how you could do that? No, no clue. You could just allow prices to rise and fall. The hand and said then people would only purchase what they needed. Yep. Uh, they say, uh, let's see, the guy from Gas Buddy said uh, the situation is made worse by the fact that people are now buying two and three times more gasoline than they normally buy. So this is where the issue is actually coming from. And libertarians get a bad rap for stuff like this. I even heard your dad mention on a phone call one time. You know, here's the deal. This is supply and demand. That's all it is. There is a supply and there is a demand for the gasoline. And what's happening right now is people are worried. They don't know when the gas is going to come back. And so they're trying to buy all of it. Now, the gas will get there just like normal during some type of a disaster. It takes longer for it to get there. And so if you just get the normal amount of gas that you normally get, everything will be fine, just like normal. In any given time, in our, in our area of Nashville right here, if everyone ran out and decided they were going to get two or three times more gas than what they normally get, the stations would run out. And it would take them a couple days for them to get the gas back. That's how it works. Okay, they are filled up to the point that they can keep people going all the time. Now, what happens here is because people are so against what they call price gouging, which is supply and demand that people don't like. They are so against that. Florida has rules against it because, of course, they have hurricanes and stuff like that. So they're going to have rules against it. They're not able to raise the prices to the point that it would solve the problem. Like Charlie was alluding to. You know how you solve this problem? People buying two or three times more gas than what they would normally get. You raise the price up to a point where they only buy what they need. Just like they normally would. I need this much gas to go about my week, and that's what I'm going to buy. It's more expensive than normal, but that's all I'm going to buy because I can't afford to buy two or three times more than I normally would. I'm just going to buy what I need. And in that case, the gas stations wouldn't have ran out of gas. Mm -hmm. And at the bottom of this article, where they talk about the fact that this is a not a physical shortage of gas, that this is people rushing to the pumps to buy gas and buy two or three times more than what they actually need, the end of this article warns people about price gouging at gas stations, saying that it is illegal under a state of emergency, which they are in, and then gives a phone number for you to call if you see a gas station that is raising their prices too high. At the end of an article where they talk about the fact that there's plenty of gas, it's just that people are buying more than what they actually need. A complete removal from the economics, the supply and demand of the situation. I find it to be very annoying when and, these things happen. And now half the gas stations are out of gas. Yes, 55% of the gas stations in Miami-Dade out of gas. Imagine that. I went to their actual page uh, for the rules on this, the price gouging hotline. During the state of emergency, it is unlawful to rent, sell, lease, offer the rent, sell, lease, essential commodities, <clears throat> dwelling units, or sell storage facilities at an unconscionable price. And they talk about, I'll get to where the price gouge. So... Let's see, commodity or service during the state of emergency to the average price charged over the 30-day period prior to the declared state of emergency. So how do you know if someone's charging too high of a price, Charlie? It's if the price has gone up too far past the average price over the previous 30 days before there was an emergency. And if the price goes up, literally responding to supply and demand, then that will constitute price gouging. So, in fact, I will agree with Marco Rubio. This is DeSantis' fault because he should 
just completely get rid of whatever this is. It, just right now, I know it's probably passed by Congress and all that, but I don't think he really cares yeah. about those kind of things. Okay. Next up, we'll see a law that you can't take more than you need. Well, that's the thing. They and resort to what is that? They resort to um, actual fixing the amount of rations, rationing, whatever it is, like with baby we'll formula or whatever. Police officers it is. at every gas pump, making sure that people only take what they need. Yeah, and you have to fill out a form. Like, well, show us what your needs are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know who could actually regulate that? The price, just like it always does. Yeah, it always regulates that mm -hmm. people get what they need. In that scenario. And this is the problem that happens when you make emotional decisions. This is an emotional decision. You are helping the people by having this law, Charlie, because you care about people. Now, all those people who can't get gas and the gas stations who don't have any gas to sell, they don't make money off the gas anyway. They make money off the stuff in the stores. They can't sell that stuff because they're not open selling gas. They're out of luck, I guess, because you cared so hard about the people. And it's hard to quantify that. That problem right there. It's, mm -hmm. It goes more unseen. True. Even though half the gas stations are closed down, it's still, it's almost that unseen problem that makes it really difficult to quantify, which makes our argument hard to make, which means we just need to be that much better at making that argument. Yeah. And don't, don't bend to the emotional arguments in the scenario. Uh, the, uh, you know, we can make the case that if you allow the prices to fluctuate, that the supply will be there which is the case that we have been making, we can also make the case that the gas station owners can charge whatever the hell they want because they own the gas station, the companies own the gas, the people own the oil, all those things. They can charge whatever they want because it's their business. They're the one that has a store and they can sell it. And it is going to turn out to be that when they raise the prices in response to the demand and the supply that they have, that it'll solve the problem. Just so happens that the most moral option where you allow people to trade freely, will also have the best result for the most amount of people. It's weird how that happens to be the case almost every single time. So don't let them take the moral high ground. No, we got it. We this will, is what happens when you let will, them take the moral high ground. We will not cede a... You know what? And they got what they asked for. I guess. Hope you're happy. No I, one's price gouging. And also you can't buy any gas because there isn't any. I, I don't feel... I feel badly for the people who didn't want this. Mm-hmm. I don't feel badly for the ones that did and now are complaining that they're out of gas. Yep. And they need their savior to come in and bring <laughs> gas. Ron, I thought you were the next Jesus. This commercial is going to be... Can't you turn this water into gasoline? They won't be happy unless they literally see DeSantis driving a semi, hauling gas down to a gas station. And that's basically the only thing he can yeah. do right now. In a boat, that's it. A boat semi. He's <laughs> wading through the water. Exactly. And he hops out with his camouflage duck waders. <laughs> In his Cajun, he doesn't. Have you seen his Cajun by the way? bass boat? Have you seen the uh, the waders that he wears? No, they're clear. Oh my gosh, dude! No, I, they're white. Is that his favorite color? It's clear? so weird. Hold With on, truck nuts made out of Mickey ears. That's you're damn right, Magoo. <laughs> and he better have a shotgun on one shoulder and an AR-15 on the other. <laughs> That's not it. Someone edited this photo. I almost showed this uh, one. Hold on, this is important. You better have a. Big old hunk of red man in his cheek <laughs> <laughs> with lightning bolts from his eyes and fireballs from his arse. <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. We'll put it up on the screen. <laughs> Why white, you that, know? 
That is Prince DeSantis. <laughs> it is. It is. He's about to, is he walking around Disney right now? He needs a white horse <laughs> at the same time. By the way, I don't have anything pulled I up. I guarantee on... you his wife bought those boots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything pulled up or on what's going on with Disney, but it's. Those are his wife's boots. <laughs> he did. She didn't, he didn't have any that day, but she had some. <laughs> I mentioned the Disney thing because he's still going hard after them. And I mean, they're going around the actual bylaws that Disney had uh, laid out and uh, uh, to try and stop something like this from happening. And all I will say, we won't argue about Disney or whatever, but if Disney was a conservative, Christian, traditional family pushing organization with a family-friendly theme park that just pushed traditional conservative values and Gavin Newsom was doing the exact same thing that DeSantis is doing, all of the free market, small government Republicans would be losing their minds. We'll just say that. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is a completely hypocritical situation that's going on with Disney right now, but I didn't pull any of the new stuff up today. I just know that they, he's not letting it go and still fighting pretty hard on it, and I don't like it. Agreed. All right, let's go. I do like what Gus says, though, until Don Donald shows up with a bottle of Trump gas. You <laughs> Trump know that gas. would be such... A oh move if D Donald Trump comes in with Trump gas to Florida, you know. I I know he's working on it. He flies down there. Yeah. Um. Oh, one Jer thing. Jeremy Boring may be working on it. You know. If you're listening right now, I which, hate gas. dot com. I don't know why I said if you're listening right now. Literally, if you're not listening, then I'm not talking to you. You won't be able to hear this. Everyone who can hear me is listening right now. Okay. But if you are well, listening right now, you think they could be listening, but are they hearing you? I'm not sure. Okay, if you're a hearing, difference between yeah. you know actually absorbing the information and hearing someone. Let me have your attention. If you are within at this point about if you're within 40 hours driving distance of of Franklin, Tennessee, then you can come and hang out with us this weekend at the Take Human Action Tour, uh, the Mises event going on uh, there in Franklin. I'll put a link in the show notes. We're going to be hanging out, recording some episodes going to be some great speakers. I know Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center is there. I think uh, Destiny is going to be debating Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown uh, and some other great people there as well. We're going to be uh, recording the the action, doing some interviews with people, and you can just come come hang out with us. We'll be slinging some God Hates Feds merch out there. If you need a place to stay, I got you. Yeah, Charlie's got plenty of room in his house, so you can come stay with Charlie afterwards. Uh, but that's on Saturday. I'll put a link in the show notes. Come hang out. Yeah. Come hang out with us. There you go. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with a friend, a family member, and uh, Ron DeSantis and all his friends. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you uh, if you do that, we would greatly appreciate it. That's a free. That costs you nothing to just take a few seconds. Time. That's all we're asking. Time's for. worth money, but we're just asking you for a few seconds to share the show around, get some new listeners. Um, we appreciate that. We welcome, I know we saw some new uh, members in the group mm -hmm. show up today, so we appreciate you folks as well. Some fellow Fed uh, haters. Yeah, and if you want to be part of that Fed haters club, then just go to GodHatesFeds or joingml.com. Either way, you can get part, you can be part of the Fed haters club, and it only costs you six bucks a month, but there is an option to be a real libertarian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you want to be a real libertarian, you can do that. You can put your money where your mouth is. And uh, go to Nate's Crash Course to learn about the market, natescrashcourse.com. If you do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs>